Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. an all-new episode of Keep It. Happy Holidays. I'm sorry. Merry Christmas. Thank you. I won't let you take that away from me, Aida. The Keep It Christian. Keep it Christian <laughs> on this side. <laughs> I miss the Starbucks cup controversy. Remember when our life was so simple? Oh, God, yes. Remember when that's all that we were talking about? But by the way, I do believe that battle was always worth it because they are precious, and I love the color of the cups. So I become like a real rich lady goop monster when <laughs> it comes to that topic. And the thing is, I don't even buy hot coffee drinks, so I don't even have the opportunity to hold a red Starbucks cup. I simply, they simply need to be nearby, and I need to see them. Mm. I, I really thought that they were replaced by the controversy of no straws and those, like, those, those weird lids on the iced ones. That was my personal Starbucks cup controversy. But now I'm used to it. And whenever they offer me a straw, I'm like, no. What are you doing? Does that mean you use a metal straw? No, I use. I just use the cup. Oh, I see. That makes sense. It, it means I own four metal straws that sit in my home and never go anywhere with me. Do you? <laughs> yeah, I did buy them in an attempt to be, you know, savvier and, and greener. But then, like, I forget. I don't like conspiracy theories, but that's not Here true. Here we go. You all know I love conspiracy <laughs> theories. I saw one news report about a woman dying because she was impaled yes. in the car with that metal straw. Oh, no. And I will never drink from one again. No. What a final destination way to never. go. I mean, good for her. <laughs> no. Just to caprice on yourself to death. I have only like three personality traits known to my family, and one is Starbucks drinker. So I have a full like farm of metal implements to drink Starbucks from over here. Like it looks like a dentist's office in my in my cabinet. The other two are gay and Jeopardy, right? That's right. No, I have nothing else. Right. And the vague idea of the Oscars, <laughs> which my family does not care about at all, so it never even comes up. Mm. I love that. I love that you go home during Christmas time and get no validation for that. It's okay. We give you a lot during the year. I'd like to say that. That's how I feel. Yeah. No, why, why do you, excuse me, why do you think I'm here? Yeah. <laughs> or is it the gift of, like, if there's an actress that a family member who's older knew, like in the 70s, that no one else would know, you know who it is? In my, in my family? I mean, that yeah. would be a very rare situation indeed. One time, because my, my mom and my parents are not, or my, eh, my dad a little bit, but my mom specifically is not pop cultural, except once, six or seven years ago, she looked up, and this indicates the last time she paid attention to pop culture. She goes, wow, I feel like Jill Clayburgh in Starting Over. <laughs> and when she said that, I flew back like I was in Ghostbusters or something. Like, oh my God, finally seen. My work has paid off. Anyway, Mom, hi, I love you. My mom and I both have the same pop culture disease where we're like as near misses on everything that we're talking about. Like she was like, oh, you know that movie, uh, The Bodyguard with uh, Tom Cruise and Jennifer Lopez? <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> Close, yeah. What, what? Did you see the same movie, Mom? Did you see a different movie? Oh, that's so funny. I'm sure the movie would have been fine, actually, with those two. But uh, yeah, I would have watched that. Wasn't that basically? That's just made in Manhattan. Yeah, that's basically. Um, I mean, every Jennifer Lopez music video. Mm -hmm. No kidding, right? 
Remember when we put Ray Fiennes in Made in Manhattan? Were we being mean? Certainly. He's better than that. It was like, I know you want white audiences, J-Lo, but I don't know <laughs> if white women are running around asking to see Ray Fiennes <laughs> in a movie. Remember Margot Robbie and Will Smith right. in Focus? Not related, just... Do you remember? Right. No, no, no. It is on my mind. <laughs> I love that movie so much. A wild parent. Another film. Another film. Another feat of cinema. It's like Eva Mendes was busy that week. <laughs> she said, nah, that nigga not kicking me in the head again. No. <laughs> <laughs> I think that my family is actually pretty pop culture savvy, but in the way that like black families are Like Love Jones savvy. and like, Love and Basketball. Yeah, and- well- not even that. It's like they'll never really remember like the name of the movie mm-hmm. or something, but they'll be like, you know, that one with Omar Epps and Lorenz Tate. Right. They'll remember. <laughs> they'll remember the stars that are in it, and then I'll have to do the legwork. Yeah. Oh, you mm-hmm. remember that Angelina and that 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 girl um, mm-hmm. who who stole the stuff from um, the store. Mm. Oh, girl interrupted. Oh yeah, gotcha. Yes, gotcha. you're talking about Winona yeah. Ryder. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always fascinated when it comes to pop music and people who are the opposite. Like, I always remember the names of things and actors. Um, but people who are like, you mentioned this title of a song, and they're like, I've never heard of that. And then you do, you mention like half of one lyric, and then they sing the whole song. Uh, 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 yeah, 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 yeah. I love, I love how people's brains work and the fact like recall is so interesting. People can put on a song I've heard a million times, but I don't recognize the instrumental at the top until the words come in, because that's probably what I'm paying the most attention to. Right. So yeah, that's it's fun. Total recall. <laughs> That's also people who have no idea who sings certain songs. We right. all know mm-hmm. I have my Hall and Oates tattoo, and I've been on many a date where someone will say, I don't know who Hall and Oates is. And I'm like, I guarantee you know who Hall and Oates is. Oh, and then yeah. You right. have to like sing Rich Girl. <laughs> and they're like, oh, okay, yeah, I know them. And then they make you pay. Twist because my arm. You can't rely. On the black man's money. You can relax. Sorry. <laughs> Switch girl lyrics for you. I thought you would come in, come join me, Ira. Not this hotel version of Rich Girl. <laughs> Which reminds me, by the way, we're getting the new version of Name That Tune with uh, uh, Jane Krakowski. And that is the game show I am worst at. Because I need to hear the actual song, like the, the recording we always hear on the radio. And not versions that like play on Dancing with the Stars, which is, I think, what you're going to get on this show. That's why you need to go on Beat Shazam with Jamie Foxx. That's the right. show for you, Lewis. Right. I think you can mm. bank on that show, too. I would not mm-hmm. go on that show. One of my dreams is the day that I scam my way into hosting a game show and it sends Lewis into despair. You would host a game show, Ira. Because it'll be a reboot of some classic 70s game show. Right. It'll be like, God damn it, Ira. <laughs> right. I, I, I had one goal in life, and what did you do? <laughs> Name that Buffy scene. That's it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think I'd do really good hosting Pyramid. Or password, but I would forget what the password is myself. <laughs> <laughs> Commercial break. What the was secret- it? <laughs> I don't know. You tell me, Martha. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, this is our Christmas episode spectacular. Slash Eid, slash Hanukkah, slash Kwanzaa, slash everybody's included. Eat, pray to whoever you want to, and love. Never in that order. Mm -hmm. I've also been feeling that uh, 2020 has been stressful, to say the least. (laughs) This is our final episode of the year, and frankly... There's some healing that needs to be done. 
Oh. So I'm going to bring us all to the red table. Oh, wow. How festive. Are you? The yes. perfect time to go to the red table. <laughs> to Santa's table. No. Um, <laughs> we will be joined this week by Adrian Banfield Norris, a.k.a. Jada Pinkett Smith's mother. Willow's And we will be talking all things red table. I'm super excited to get into it. Red table, Olivia Jade. That's the red and green you wanted. The green, the green, the green is, ooh. Jade. Ah, <laughs> there we go. Did you not know what the color jade is? I was, th- I was thinking, oh, green, didn't go to school, lack of experience. That's what I thought by green. That's what I was trying to figure out. Green, <laughs> green, like the like the money Lori um, slid under the table. Yes, green, green, like the jumpsuit that Felicity Huffman wore. And yeah, so that's where my brain was going. In jail. <laughs> Green, like Lori Laughlin starting her career again in a Vertigo reboot. <laughs> wow, deep green cut. You're talking about the light in the scene with Tim Novak? All right, I'm hearing you. Anyway, we'll be right back with more Keep It. So you finished your holiday shopping, but you're feeling a little bit empty don't rely on your friends and family to get you what you want. Head to Crooked.com store and buy the Keep It merch we know you've been dying to get. There are Keep It themed desk calendars, even a Keep It holiday sweater. Being a fan of this show never goes out of style. Head to Crooked.com store to treat yourself today. And then you can look just like Aida in her cute little Keep It festive sweater. Oh my God, I did look cute, didn't I? I did. <laughs> <laughs> We are literally days away from the January 5th runoff in Georgia that will determine control of the Senate. If you're ready for a new year and a new Georgia, head over to votesaveamerica.com slash Georgia to find something that you can do in the home stretch. Let me tell you something. We will be recording 2021's first episode of Keep It on January 5th, and you will be getting it on January 6th. So don't fuck this up. Please. No matter where you are, there are ways to support groups on the ground in Georgia doing the work. There will be volunteer opportunities available right up until the polls close on January 5th. So sign up for a shift today at votesaveamerica.com slash Georgia. Twenty twenty, she is almost over. Her eleventh hour. We did it. Yeah, have, we have did we? do it. Did we? Was it real? Well, I would actually love to wake up on January 1st uh, in the shower. Uh, (laughs) And then I'm told Dallas style, 2020 was all a dream. Oh, wow. You were always home, Dorothy. Yeah. But that is not true. So to finally put 2020 to rest and to start 2021 on a good note, we ask Keep It listeners to share their 2021 pop culture wishes. I'm sure that these will be... Serve it. I'm sure that these will be great. Uh-huh. Nothing basic. I actually am sure they'll be great. Yeah, you know, because um, we're going to weed out the not great ones. Yeah. So that, right. Yeah. You heard of editing? <laughs> it's going to be put into place. And we're like good hippie parents. We allow our children to dream. So I know these are going yes. to be wonderful. <laughs> you know what? We're editing out all the people who sent in pop culture wishes for the new Rihanna album. Mm. Bitch, it's 2021, not a genie's lamp. <laughs> <laughs> we are not getting a Rihanna album next year, but we will get 
15 Savage Fenty X drops and maybe 20 new um, glitter bombs. Yeah, a pop-up <laughs> shop on Melrose or something. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, let's um, roll one of our first voice memos that someone sent in to us. Hi, Ira, Aida, and Lewis. My name is Kelly, and I am from New Jersey. My pop culture wish for 2021 is getting the movie we deserve and that would be about when Azalea Banks was trapped in Grimes and Elon Musk's basement. Um, I saw someone come up with this idea on Twitter and honestly the screenplay is just begging to be written. Someone please do it. I would watch the shit out of that movie Additionally, I think 2021, we need a Grammy for Miss Nicki Minaj because the barbs are going insane. Alrighty, that's it. I just want to say in general that I feel like Twitter in the way that, or gay Twitter in the way that I am constantly reminded of wild things Jessica Simpson did in 2003 or Tyra Banks said in 2007. I am now acquainted with how fucking awesome Azealia Banks was when she first came out. Just the initial onslaught of music videos, you know, 1991 and Licorice and all those or whatever. However we can get Azealia representation on the big screen, I actually am for. That said, as I have long protested, she is under a witch's curse where every time she is amazing, she has to say something that is so awful that you feel bad for liking her music in the first place. So that said, let's get the casting ideas on the table. Who should play Azalea? And also, I know that they would probably give the script to Jeremy Harris, but I deserve it. Oh, I, oh, see. I see. Um, um I, I thought maybe <laughs> I would get to write it because clearly <laughs> Let's okay. let's do a we team could, up, a collab. I think idea. I think Kiki Palmer could do a good Azealia Banks. Mm. It's de- I was gonna say mm. Kiki Palmer is head. Yes. Kiki Palmer is yes. head. But I forgot I forgot that she got trapped in their basement. I really did. I think she was there to collab with Grimes and then she had to stay there for the whole weekend. Mm-hmm. But I also vaguely remember the story happening with Rihanna as well. And that Rihanna only fed her crackers. For yes, days. yes, yes. So there needs to be flashbacks to the last time she was in the basement. And of course, Rihanna will play herself. Yes, of course. And she then- loves doing it. <laughs> as, as long as we assure her that she will not have to make any music, mm-hmm. she will. She will gladly play herself. Who is going to play Grimes? Grimes, in some cases, looks like a young Madonna. Okay. Oh yeah. What about like a Taylor Momsen or something? Oh, I forgot about Taylor Momsen. I haven't mm. thought about that that woman in a long, long time. But she'd be perfect for that role. I was even saying a Saoirse Ronan in like heavy eyeliner, but maybe. Mm. And I am now very curious if Saoirse will ever play young Meryl in something. To me, that feels somewhat inevitable. Mm. Go ahead. Um, Miles Teller as Elon Musk. That might be one of the only options. I'll say it. Miles Teller's pretty cute. So, I mean, he'll have we'll have to do some Rick Baker work <laughs> to make that work, but sometimes when he turns his head um like slightly to the left, you know, no. Elon is not attractive. There has to be an offshoot scene where Azealia Banks goes away to have intramarital sex with Dave Chappelle. Oh, right. So, that's another another part of that story. A lot of twists and turns. Mm-hmm. Um and in terms of Nicki Minaj, well, I don't know if she'll be getting a Grammy next year unless she releases something. And um, With Meg going at the rate that she's going, Nicki not getting nothing. Yeah, Nicki might blow up the Grammys. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> like she's Kimberly and Melrose play. She might do that. But also, by the way, she's one of our leading Grammy historians. I learned a lot about what the Grammys got wrong from Nicki Minaj. At this point, she's just... 
do a talk show. Queen Radio. Come on. She already yeah, did. Yeah, bring back Queen <laughs> to Radio. To the Grammys. <laughs> or Nikki. Nikki should just come on here for every Grammys episode and give the the, gra- the Grammy rundown with Nikki. Nikki, <laughs> if you're listening, you have a standing invitation to come on Keep It and lament the, your woes about the Grammys every single year from here on forth. Oh, my God. Your lips to God's ears. <laughs> yeah. Take us to freedom. To freedom. Sorry. <laughs> Oh, All right. God. Thanks for calling in, Kelly. Hey, Keep It. This is Maddie from Chicago calling to share my Christmas wish with you guys. And it's for Sean Mendez and Camila Cabello to pull the plug on their relationship. I have been hoping for the end since it started. Um, the only good thing to have come from their relationship is that they got a decently cute dog. Um, but there's been a lot of negative that has come from it. I've seen some horrific Instagrams of their tongues touching each other. I have seen fake photographs of them walking down the street holding hands. I have seen them holding coffee mugs that are empty. And I no longer wish to see that ever again. So I'm hoping that 2021 brings a world free of COVID and free of the disease that is Sean and Camilla. Love you guys. Why do you hate love? Yeah, what is wrong with you? <laughs> and love can't... loses, according to her. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very interested in her take that even the coffee they are holding is fake. Like it's a full Truman Show situation. Oh, yeah, a like a, a simulacrum set up for watchers to be fooled by. I will say after having watched that documentary, which I talked about in last week's episode, I was more convinced of their thing. Um, I I had forgotten how long it was going on, actually. It's not like they just started this year or whatever. What is concerning to me about the two of them is the sheer amount of writers on the song Senorita, which I believe has two lyrics. (laughs) (laughs) It's like 21 writers. Yeah, I love them to keep being in love. They're like white man and Cuban girlfriend representation, which we only have with Ben Affleck and Anna Darmas, so... Those are our two couples. That is my COVID couple, okay? That is the only couple that I still, even when we have the vaccine, I want to see them wandering the streets holding Dunkin' Donuts cups. Maskless. Living their best life. Right. Also, we're getting that Ana de Armas, Marilyn Monroe biopic called Blonde based on the Joyce Carol Oates book. I did not know that this was happening, and this sounds like utter chaos. Yeah, that sounds ridiculous. <laughs> Adrian Brody, Bobby Cannavale, whenever Bobby is involved, you know there's about to be some chaos. Mm-hmm. I feel like Bobby Cannavale is somebody that can stroll up to a Best Supporting Actor win, because he's somebody who always has to be in movies. There's only one of him, you know, that like kind of um, cocky, but sometimes funny, but sometimes incredibly dramatic thing. Like, he fits in a bunch of prestige spaces. I love Bobby Cannavale. Like, I think that man truly fills out a sweater. Oh. Oh, <laughs> like yeah. Like a nice cashmere sweater. <sighs> I have loved him ever since Will and Grace. I think if you're pleasing Rose Byrne, you're somebody who puts in the work. That's my feeling. I'm still thinking about Joyce Carol Oates in that short story, Where Are You Going? Where Have You Been? I was forced to read that in college. <laughs> and I'm still having very, very scary flashbacks to this devilish man, this devilishly <laughs> handsome man and his vehicles. <laughs> Gotta go reread that tonight. Jo- Joyce Carol Oates, I, I think of a world where she didn't tweet. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard, I know. Yeah. I'm almost there. 
It's not fair. <laughs> I just she revealed far too much about herself within the past few years because of her Twitter account, where it's truly like, I'm ready to book burn. <laughs> Wait, is Joyce Carol Oates the one who showed her um, inflamed foot after a hike? Yes. Apparently in August, she tweeted out a photo uh, with a caption explaining that she had worn the wrong shoes on a hike. And the photo of her foot is, wow, this is barbaric. How did I miss this? I mean, it's truly, I mean, if, if we're doing a photo contest oh. for 2021, that's the photo that may say it all. Yuck! Put that away. It looks like a wet gremlin. That's so disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> okay, things are popping out of Gizmo's back. That's what that foot looks like. Why would she do that? Also, people jumped up on Twitter to be like, you know what? It's good that we're tweeting things like this. I assure you it is not. <laughs> I'm so happy that the three icons on my bookshelf, Toni Morrison, James Baldwin and Joan Didion, um, who are most prominently displayed because I have all of their books, do not tweet. Well, because they shouldn't. Two of them are dead, which is why they do not tweet. But (laughs) 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 Joan (laughs) does not tweet. And Tony was still alive when Twitter first started. So she could have been tweeting, and she made the decision not to. She said, she said, take me out of it. Anyone with the mental stamina to finish a novel does not need to be on Twitter. They don't need to. The Joyce Carol Oates tweets, I'm trying to look at them right now, and they're they're so coherent, they're incoherent. They do not belong on the timeline. <laughs> Susan Orlean, another one. Yeah. When novelists are on Twitter, I find it very suspicious. It's like you're supposed to be the anti this thing. Mm-hmm. I think you're a traitor. <laughs> Britt Bennett, I said it to her face. The only novelist that I want on Twitter is Janet Evanovich. I feel like they'd be... Is pl- she on Twitter? No, I just feel like her tweets would be plucky. <laughs> oh, yeah. The- Jody Pickolt, people like that. Yeah. <laughs> She'd be like, one for the money, something, something. <laughs> I don't know any other Janet Ivanovich book titles. If it wasn't adapted into a Katherine Heigl movie, I do not know it. <laughs> I miss when people would create fake Twitter accounts, like pretend to be Kierkegaard or pretend to be County Cullen or something, and then they would have conversations with other accounts that were reflective of history. So you could see Langston Hughes and County Cullen like beefing on Twitter. That was a time. Guys, Janet does have a Twitter account, um, but it's boring. So it's just promo. Thank um. you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Good for you, Janet. Fine. Good for you, Janet. Fine, fine. And 15 for the flounder. Did this start off as a casting of an Azealia Banks movie, or are we on a different one? <laughs> I've totally forgotten. Yeah, let's... <laughs> next. I don't know how we got here. <laughs> anyway, who's next? Hi, guys. I'm a huge fan of the show. My pop culture wish for 2021 is for Charlie Puth to finally fall in love. I am sick and tired of that man talking all the time about how he's never been in love, and I truly wish that he would just be quiet. Um and maybe a few songs uh, while we're at it. So anyway, happy holidays. I'd like to say first that I do think Girlfriend is one of my favorite songs of 2020, and it wasn't played almost anywhere. So shout out to Charlie Puth there. But you're right. Almost all of his songs are about complaining about how a woman treated him or you're being tricky with me or my feelings are hurt, whatever. So if he would be contented, maybe that would kill the music, but it would suffice the soul. I don't think it would. I don't want him to be in love. My favorite tracks are We Don't Talk Anymore and Attention. Like I, I like when he's begging for love. But you know what? Mm-hmm. I, he has a sort of Sky Masterson quality, and I think that <laughs> okay. he, you know, when he does fall in love, 
it'll be beautiful. There'll be some swagger to it. There will be some swagger, okay? Luck will be a lady that night. Mm-hmm. Charlie Puth is straight, right? Much to Irish chagrin, <laughs> right? Yeah, well, I mean... He's very straight. He's, he's straight. Ve- he's very straight. In fact, the more you investigate him, the straighter he becomes. Yeah. He just has straight dude behavior, truly. Mm-hmm. Who would you pair him with? Because I want to give him someone, you know, fun, but I feel like he'd just end up with, like, a Madison beer or one of those... Those girls, those pop girls that are famous but we don't listen to. You know what I call Madison Beer, by the way? Milwaukee's best. They're about the same. <laughs> <color>. <laughs> oh my God. Don't <laughs> Young Milwaukee. I don't I don't I don't need you cover from Milwaukee on this show. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Bitch. <laughs> I honestly think that Charlie Puth will fall in love with a song. Uh-huh. <laughs> like like it'll be a musical version of her. Oh, okay. <laughs> He's in a committed relationship to his voice memos app. That's, <laughs> yeah. That's who I'm dating. <laughs> Just making love to himself while a sweet melody plays. <laughs> All right. <laughs> that got weird. What's next? I guess I don't care who Charlie Puth loves. <laughs> so we also got a bunch of responses on Instagram. Um, so we could just speed around some of these because we're not going to sit here all day listening to voice memos. Mm-mm. I'm sorry. <laughs> An Ugly Betty reboot. No. (laughs) Too close after the death of Silvio Horta. No. For us to talk about RuPaul's Drag Race on this show. Well, there's a new season literally debuting (laughs) in weeks. So we probably will. So you wish it'll come true. We probably will. I can't wait to see what horrifying predatory scandal befalls this season. (sighs) For Hillary Duff to explain why she posed with orange slices in a sidewalk photo shoot. (laughs) Is that recent? I guess so. She's just picking up the kids from Jimboree. This is how mothers pose now. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Um, If you're exactly one year younger than me, there's a chance you have like a chip in your brain that kind of mistakes Hillary Duff for fascinating. If you're 32, exactly. Mm. Um, Like Lizzie McGuire is right after when I could feasibly care about it. And I do believe, I enjoyed her, is that album called Stranger from 2000? That's the name, wait, Stranger's the song, Dignity is the album, uh, which I do enjoy, but otherwise, The X Factor is not there for me. Oh, she did a live reading of Lizzie McGuire this year, that was kind of cool. When she says, where's your, where's your dignity? I think you left it in the Hollywood Hills. Those are bars. girl, you better Mm -hmm. get it. I'll also speak for the Hilary Duff (laughs) metamorphosis crowd because So Yesterday was that girl and that song. Mm -hmm. It really was. Mm -hmm. Also, she's great on Younger, and I'm Mm -hmm. looking forward to the spinoff. Okay, maybe I was being harsh. I think you were. (laughs) My lips are sealed next time. That's a reference to Hilary Duff. We're Duff cans over here, okay? Here we go. (laughs) More Midwestern beers. (laughs) <laughs> Even fictional ones. For Dolly Parton to guest star on Grace and Frankie, finally. That is weird that that didn't happen. And they seem to be kind of, I feel like they get asked about that all the time. That it's like, oh, maybe it'll happen in the future. Dolly, you're just putting out like holiday albums. I know you have time. Quick, what, Lewis, what's the movie that would have linked them all? Jane Fonda and Lily Tomlin and... Nine to five? And, and Dolly Parton. That would be nine to five. I know, I know, I know. And I've been re- resisting when I need to watch that movie. I know I do. <laughs> Uh, well, I'll say something about that movie, Aida. It is far weirder than you imagine. It starts off one way and heads it like dog legs another way. That is really, really shocking. But Jane's look is just unforgettably dowdy. That'll be your mm. 2021 wish is for me to finally watch 9 to 5. And I'll come back and report. <laughs> I will, Lewis. Okay, thank you. Yeah. Um, a big Bette Midler moment. Well, by the way, you know what is a pop cultural moment that I feel like we still haven't unpacked is how huge her Hello Dolly return was. Oh, yeah. You know, just that, that's like the biggest Broadway moment in the past 10 years aside from Hamilton. And 
I didn't really know the fandom was there for that kind of fervor. So I, I, I am excited for that. I mean, look, mm-hmm. we see the woman on Twitter all the time. She's still thinking. So I'm, I'm excited for more of her. I like that wish. A collaboration between Issa Rae, Michaela Cole, and Phoebe Waller-Bridge. Oh my God! I don't know if we Why? can handle that much, like <laughs> that much sardonic and grief and just the cynicism about the world from women. But I, I'm ready for it. It'd be a really good film. That'd be a really good movie to see. Actually, well, you're assuming that they make it themselves because this brings to mind the fact that we are probably very destined in like maybe five, six years for some blockbuster movie with all three of them in it akin to like an Ocean's 8 and then we all absolutely hate it. <laughs> oh yeah, true. Yeah. They are the kind of people you would want to group together because they're like the internet's BFF but um, I mean 9 to 5 reboot who's to say? I actually can see Michaela Cole and Phoebe Waller-Bridge more like against each other in casting but I think Issa Rae I'm, I'm trying to force that fit in. I don't know that'd be a, a strange dynamic but love to see it. The Undoing spinoff would be everything. She's amazing. Who's amazing? <laughs> you don't think they're talking? About- oh wait, we asked. We 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 asked. We asked about an Undoing spinoff with the with the attorney. Oh right, yes. Who I follow on Instagram now. <laughs> Noma Dumaswene, uh, who played Hugh Grant's attorney on The Undoing, was it? I would actually watch a legal drama starring her. That character was so good for that show because it needed that extra burst of someone questioning him a final time to really throw us off the track. So she was amazing. I hope she gets that Emmy nomination. And we're kind of due on another like black lawyer drama because How to Get Away with Murder is over <laughs> as far as interesting. Yeah. Scandal. All of that. What black lawyers do we have right now on TV? Is Audra still on The Good Fight? <laughs> <laughs> she is still on The Good Fight. Audra is. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So we've, we've got that. It's wide open, Noma. Yeah. We Let's need a black it. HBO Max. We need a black gay lawyer next, you know? Mm. Yeah. Like a like a black gay Franklin and Bash. I would love to see Billy Porter play that role. Just the suits. The suits. The suits and the and, long and tails. Sing, and singing every episode. <laughs> <laughs> about torch. He'd be like Vonda Shepard <laughs> and Ally McBeal. That was something I loved about the Say by the Bell reboot that I largely did not love, which was there was a joke right at the top about Franklin and Bash. And Mark Paul Gosseler pretended he was a lawyer once upon a time. It was funny. Yeah. Believe it or not, I watched all of Franklin and Bash. Mm. No, I do believe that. You're saying, you're, it's like, <laughs> hey, Lewis, can you believe I did this fucking nerdy-ass dumb thing that, no one, that, that would bring me no satisfaction in life? Yes, I do. I understand you did that. I love illegal drama, okay? <laughs> it doesn't matter who's in it. Like, I watched Fairly Legal, that one about the woman who was living on the boat on USA. The era of USA network dramas we still have queen of the south if i'm not mistaken but like in plain sight suits white collar yeah right what a weird little era we need we need that back we need we need a new generation of matt bombers well the original matt bomber i believe is still in mint condition (laughs) well burn notice reboot all right wait sorry white collar reboot i always think that he was in burn notice but he was on White Collar. That would be a good Billy on the Street quiz, TBS or USA. <laughs> <laughs> or was it TNT? See? <laughs> Who knows? Well, this has been great. Uh, you guys sent in a lot of suggestions for 2021 pop culture, and obviously we couldn't get to all of them. A lot of them are Real Housewives related, which only apply to me. So I'll, I'll, I'll maybe do like a Lewis someday um, and um, 
sit on my couch and answer Q and A questions for three hours. Sit on a bench in an undisclosed location, like a park, and just rattle them up. It's like, are you okay? Do you need housing? Do you want to come over? Is Lewis miles away from civilization? Yeah. To wrap this up, what do, what do you two want? from 2021 Mm. um i want something resembling a normal academy awards but and and allegedly they're supposed to happen in april but if the vaccine is occurring around then and we have to push it to june i say do it Mm. yeah i i would i would uh repeat that but for the grammys i i'm really now missing the feeling of going to a movie theater and just sitting down like i just moved to la i wanted to experience the arc light beyond going to one film so i i really hope that after we get the vaccine and things settle down Hopeful, hopeful wishing uh, that I would get to go see a movie again with my friends. I And knock knees with a cute boy. <laughs> I, as a gay man in Los Angeles, cannot wait to recreate the I'm a Slave for You music video. Oh, God. <laughs> that is what I want my 2021 to look like. Wait, is this, uh, oh, as in you want to be in a warehouse space with a bunch of people? Just a warehouse space, everyone sweating, pop music blaring, DJ Scribble at the helm. It's got to be DJ Scribble. <laughs> Touching your forehead and panting counts as dancing. Yeah. <laughs> All right, when we're back, we will be heading to the red table. Keep It is brought to you by Barefoot Dreams. Lewis? Yes. When you see footprints in the sand, that was when I carried you in my Barefoot Dreams rub. Now, is that a Leona Lewis song? (laughs) No? Uh, If you want to bring coziness into your life, you turn to Barefoot Dreams, especially now as the brand is celebrating their 30th anniversary. With those 30 years of coziness, Barefoot Dreams celebrates being the originators of everyone's favorite luxe home blanket. And while many have attempted to duplicate their blankets, robes, and more, Barefoot Dreams' fabrication and quality cannot be replicated, so don't believe the dupes. Girl, this blanket is it. I effing love this blanket. I'm thinking about it right now, and I want to jump in my bed, which is sponsored by something that we'll do another ad for momentarily. Get ready. There's a reason why Barefoot Dreams has been on Oprah's favorite things list six times. Jesus, get a life, Oprah. My God. (laughs) Dressing head to toe in Barefoot Dreams is the key to comfort as their collection of ultra-soft robes, loungewear, and accessories are made with premium materials. Their products make the perfect gifts, too. Uh, I throw this thing on. I wear it like a shawl. I look exactly like Ellen Burstyn. And (laughs) I am the coziest a human being can be. Because by the way, it's still that time in Los Angeles where it's like pretty mild outside and then your apartment is cold. I can't explain it. I don't know things like basic science. For Keep It listeners, you can get 15% off your first purchase at barefootdreams.com with the code KEEPIT15. Don't miss out on Barefoot Dreams soft, soothing fabrics that will bring luxury to your life. Our guest today is a matriarch. She is the host of Facebook Watch's intergenerational Red Table Talk. And, because she still has more to say, now the host of the new podcast, Positively Gam. Please welcome Gammy herself, Adrian Banfield Norris. 
Hello. Hey, everybody. Hello. Hey, thank you so much for inviting me on. This is quite a treat. Such an honor to have you. Yes, we have. Um, thank you. We have been wanting to visit the red table all year, and it is okay. appropriate uh, yeah. that you're on our last episode of the year. <laughs> okay. I'm about awesome. to just cause some drama. I'm gonna cause some drama just like a CEO. Oh, Lord, I'm gonna figure it out. I'm gonna figure it out. <laughs> Gonna call some drama so you can get to the table. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Don't do that, girl. Don't do that. We'll be like, hide, can we like hide under the table like we're dogs you feed or something, just like clawing yeah, yeah. at you? How, <laughs> You'll just know we're there in spirit. How wild is it though to even imagine that like when someone does something wild now, like the first thing is like it's like y'all are the Olivia Pope. Someone has to think like, you know what? We got to get them on the red we table. Gotta get to the red we got to get to the red table. Yeah. Get to the red table to figure out what's going on here. What's going on? Mm-hmm. Yes, you know, and it's like, how has that been um, since the show really sort of, I feel like, blew up um, from Jordan Woods? And then, you know, we had the whole summer um, with um, Jada and Will's episode, and now we have Olivia Jade. And it really just keeps going with the monumental episodes. Uh, so h- how has this all been for you? It's been interesting because the whole point of the show is that it is three generational. So we are going to have different opinions on these things that are occurring. And uh, we, we're not always going to be in agreement. That's what the show is about. We're not always in agreement as you. Yeah. And and it plays out on air. Mm-hmm. I love watching that. You know, but that is the world. I mean, that that is the world. I mean, there would be no point in me even being on the show if I felt the same way that everybody else did. Mm-hmm. That's so interesting to watch the conversations unfold. I think about even trying to talk to my grandmother or mother about anything. And we, we would have so many conflicting ideas. I wanted to know, how has your relationship changed with your daughter and your granddaughter now that you guys are, you know, having these conversations frequently and really, really listening to, to each other, maybe even more than you did before. Yeah, I, I think people think that this is a new phenomenon for us, but it really isn't. Mm-hmm. We just decided to, you know, record it, you know, because yeah. Jada just felt like it was something that people needed to see, that people actually do have these conversations because we have them all the time in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. The kitchen is our spot. And that's how Jada even came up with the, the concept of the red table, because we're usually in the kitchen at the table having these mm-hmm. conversations. Yeah. Is the table red? It is not. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it is well, not. this is all a fraud then. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's all a fraud. We've been lied to. <laughs> that's hilarious. Yeah, no, the table is not red, but we definitely have these conversations at the table. And I think that's kind of where the idea, you know, kind of came from. So, and, mm-hmm. and a lot of times Will is included in these conversations. I, mm-hmm. but like, for instance, though, I would say I have a pretty candid relationship with my family. Like, I talk to my parents every week, whatever. If I were to put them on camera, they would be wildly different. They would be completely weirded out by the situation. They'd be like, can I say this or can I say that, et cetera. Whereas you feel completely comfortable. So how, did you always know you would be comfortable? No, 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 no. That's, that's, <laughs> not, that's mm-hmm. not even true. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's not even true. I'm not always comfortable but the reason why I agreed to do it in the first place, because like Jada and Willow, this is their business. 
this is what they do. Mm-hmm. I I have never been a part of that. I have never been, you know, in front of the camera or involved in the entertainment world in any way, shape or form other than being a family member, other than taking the children on set, being present while they were working as their chaperone. That's the extent of my involvement. So, but I knew that Jada would protect me and that I would not be put in. I felt safe Mm -hmm. because it was Jada. She's my daughter. So I'm going to be safe with her. And also because it's filmed in her home. So it's safe people, safe space, safe conversations, basically, when we started. Most of the conversations were were pretty safe. Mm -hmm. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? So that's what made me even agreed to do it from the very beginning. I knew that I was safe with my daughter. Mm-hmm. And um, speaking of your daughter, I've been such a fan um, for years. Um, and I, and I want to know, you know, what it's been like um, being, I guess, Jada's mom and then also mother to Jada um, and Will um, in their marriage, and then also Willow and Jaden. It's like the Smith family yes. is just truly iconic. <laughs> uh, and you the hear real dynasty. True, real, real dynasty. Uh, y'all, y'all are the Carringtons. <laughs> um, you know, and so. Um, you know, what has that been like, um, especially as a person who has not been in front of the camera, you said, and just really sort of like the mother and then um, Gammy figure, yeah. you know? Um, what has that been like, and what's your relationship been like with them um, as their careers have, like, changed and gone to such different heights over the decades? I'm always there for all of it because I have been very um, much a part of making sure that the children were cared for. So when they were working, it was myself and, you know, we had another uh, Mirna that came with us to make sure that, that the children were, were cared for all the time. So I've always been around and I'm, I'm not one of these mother-in-laws that kind of sits on the sideline and doesn't have input in what's going on with the family. I always got something to say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so um, I, but I think the hardest thing for me has been learning how to deal with social media, mm-hmm. you know, because the world can be very unkind. Mm-hmm. I had to learn to like not concern myself with all of that. As a matter of fact, in the very beginning, uh, Jada was like, stop reading that stuff. Mm. Just stop reading it. Because you're just going to be upset. I was always telling her, like, you need to sue them. They don't know <laughs> us. They don't know the kids. They can't be on here saying all kinds of stuff. I wanted her to be responding to people on, you know, on, on social media and all that. Just getting messy. Like, <laughs> yes. you know, it's not necessary. It's not necessary. You, you cannot, you can't fall into that. You know, you just have to rise above it and let it go. And if you can't, then don't read it at all. Mm-hmm. That's your best bet. That's what how I've learned to, to deal with it is just kind of ignore it. Oh, I wish I could. <laughs> What's interesting to me, though, is that like before Red Table Talk and before Will's uh, Instagram presence really took off, yeah. I really thought of Will and Jada as people I didn't know that much about and that truly a lot of the just casual dialogue I would have about them really depended on rumor, you know? Like, like what are they like? Or, you know, like, what does this mean? We don't know anything about them. And for the both of them now to be so 
forward facing on social media and stuff feels to me like a huge jump. Did it feel like that to you? Absolutely. Absolutely. And it was, you know, I didn't even realize how much pressure they both felt to be, you know, this perfect family. You know, there, there's something about in, in, in Hollywood that as a black couple, they were just put on this pedestal as if nobody else in Hollywood, no other black couple had been married for this many years and, and all of that. There was just this love story around them that was, and this perfection that was very, very hard to maintain. I think too, that was one of the reasons why it was very freeing for Jada to start the Red Table. Mm -hmm. Very freeing for her to just realize that I'm just a human being. And we all have struggles and, and situations that we're going through. My ability to talk about my addiction, that was very freeing, even though that has been out in the world for, for many, many years. That, that wasn't really new information for anybody. Mm -hmm. But to then sit down and talk about it and realize that I can actually help someone by sharing that story. Yeah. Well, recently, and I think every, every episode is a pivotal moment for me, not just in culture, but also for me to watch wh whether you have Jordan Woods coming on, like asking a young woman to come and talk about herself in a very vulnerable way. It's always inspiring to watch. Most recently, you guys had Olivia Jade on to talk mm -hmm. about her parents and the college scandal. So you, in my favorite moment in the episode, make sure to talk about the institutions that are going on above the interview, which is the white privilege that she's using to come to this show and talk to three black women about you know, what she and her family had done and the advantage they had taken of the system. So how do you feel about, in those moments, being the one to call that out or being the one to bring up the kind of obvious thing on the table? Like, was that difficult for you? It is difficult. It is difficult because sometimes I feel like I'm the only one and um, I feel like people aren't really understanding my perspective. And what I don't want to be the impression is that I'm the angry black woman. Mm -hmm. That actually can, can actually have a gaslighting effect, you know, where you make it seem like you're not even taking time to understand the, the circumstances and the situation because you're too busy thinking, oh, she's just angry. Mm -hmm. You know, so you do, I do have to be careful with that and find a way to make myself heard in a, a, a diplomatic way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's not, it's not easy for me to always find compassion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, I understand that. Right? I mean, really, it's not easy for me. It's not easy for me. And I give Jada props though, because that's why she insisted, she fought as hard to have Olivia Jade on the show as I fought to not have her on the show. Wow. Mm -hmm. You know, so we were really at odds on that episode, but I feel like we were all able to get our point across yeah. in a respectful way, you know, and that's really what Red Table Talk is about. At the end of the day, it really is about healing. Mm -hmm. It always, it always, I mean, it doesn't shock me because I have to do it too. Even watching you answer this question now, we still got to be strategic about the ways we talk Absolutely. about the ways we got to be strategic. And Absolutely. it's like, when do I get to rest? Yes. <laughs> Can I just talk? But, uh, but yeah, I, I, I appreciate, I appreciate you asking her that and talking about it openly. I feel you though on that, Aida. You do feel like, I just want to, you know, I'm so tired of having to watch what I say. 
mm-hmm. you know, and be concerned Ooh. about how other people receive it. Can I just say how I really feel? Yeah. You know, yeah. but, but you do have to, you do have to, you know, that's part of being in the world and, 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 and learning how to get along with people is respecting and trying to understand how other people might perceive what you're saying. You know? That said, watching yeah. the Olivia Jade interview, and by the way, it was fascinating to watch the pre-interview. In fact, I think every talk show, when they're about to interview a guest, there should be an interview beforehand about what we should say to the guest or what we're worried about asking the guest. It was just really interesting to watch. When you were sitting there with Olivia Jade, speaking for myself, I might have just gotten more frustrated. As in, like somebody like her goes to the Red Table Talk and can basically be given answers to acquit herself of a situation that is really uh, tough and, as you said, uh, requires certain privilege to get to the place where she even was. Was it a frustrating conversation for you? Uh, It was. (laughs) (laughs) It was frustrating, but at the end of the day, you know, I felt like... um, I felt like people understood um, how I felt. Mm -hmm. And... I mean, you know, <laughs> what can I say? You know, she came on there. She did well. She handled this the situation well. Um, there, there were some things about it that were a little frustrating in that, um, you know, I felt like as a 21-year-old young adult that she needed to be way more aware of what's going on in the world. And that was a little frustrating. And I heard people um, uh, make comments that, well, you know, kids don't watch the news, please. (laughs) The news is not the only place. (laughs) The news on TV is not the only place where you understand what's going on in the world. And if you think that, then you're old. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yes, love that. Because young people, young people are not relying on the news. My generation is not relying on the news. I'm on, I'm on my phone on social media all the time. Mm -hmm. You know, so you can get the information that you need from social media. So there's just a lot of education that she needs to do for herself, Mm -hmm. you know, and her friends. But I do understand that that is just kind of the world that they're in. You know, and if if Willow and if Willow and Jaden can be activists by age eight, she can read something. Yeah, she can find something. You know, like yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, the but irony. your life excuse, but irony. your life experiences, <laughs> your life yeah. experiences is what puts you in that space. Absolutely right. Yeah, and so her life experiences have not put her in the space where she's had any need to be concerned about mm-hmm. those kinds of things. Really, mm-hmm. um. So I don't, I, yeah, I don't, I don't, I, I just, I don't even know how to really uh, address that because it is about, I think, um, how you're raised and 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 what you're exposed to, and and I agree with you. Our our kids are so different, but I think that Jaden and Willow are just really um, amazing kids. Forgive me, I, I have no. No, we, bias, we, no think, bias. we think they're, we think they're amazing they too. Really are. <laughs> they, we, we agree. They're amazing <laughs> kids, and I think um, Jaden, in particular, his his, you know, philanthropic, um, you know, endeavors have just been uh, above and beyond. I am just so so proud of him, 
And everybody just isn't like that. Everybody, you know, like young, some young adults are just trying to be out here, live their life, you know? Mm -hmm. So I'm trying not to have a lot of judgment about it. And at Mm -hmm. the end of the day, it really was about us trying to allow everybody a space to be heard. Mm -hmm. Right. And so that was their decision to have her on the show. And my responsibility in that was to figure out how to make my feelings understood, but also have to understand her, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, and um, I I did the best that I could with that. Yeah. You know, the, the irony is that we a lot of us get our life experiences from college so um one thing i want to ask too um is that um let me rephrase this one thing i want to ask is um one good thing about the show that i always come away from is just the way that you talk out issues um and the way that you sort of have found this um language to talk about um, personal issues, whether they be mental health, you know, addiction issues, um, sexuality, whatever, you know? And I just wonder, you know, like, we've become, as a society, um, more able to talk about things like this. And I wonder, is it because we all are listening to Brene Brown? Is it because we all go to therapy now? You know, I want to know where, like, you um, personally found the language that you use to discuss your life um, with people and to be inquisitive about other people's lives. Yeah, it's definitely therapy, doing a lot of reading, trying to work on my own spiritual self. And really, really, I have to tell you through Jada and Will, but I'm telling Mm -hmm. you when I, when I talk about the conversations that occur at the table, I'm not, it's daily, almost daily. Mm -hmm. Um, And those conversations are very in-depth and serious. And they do a lot of reading and internal work, right? Because um, that's how you, you, you learn how to have compassion and understanding for other people. I just did on the podcast you know, a show with Will that I struggled with. We did, it, was, it was all about trying to be in the world and be, um, live a, in a, from a compassionate heart. And I'm telling you, I am struggling with it. Mm-hmm. I am struggling with it because there has been so much division in the world, particularly this year with this campaign, this political um, uh, year. And with this particular uh, administration, Mm -hmm. it has been very, very, very difficult. Very difficult. And there's a lot of anger, I think, that people feel. So it's trying to um, figure out how to manage um, and deal with those feelings without attacking one another. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I find that that's a thing that we constantly you know struggle with on this show you know like it's called keep it <laughs> you yeah. know and we're talking about the things in pop culture that you know can be racist or sexist you know and like right. you really dive into things that need to be talked about you know but uh you also try and so, do it with humor you know yeah yeah how do you guys deal with all the trolls oh <laughs> you know aida 
do we? I'm like, do I? I've learned, and that's another thing is like, I was so interested when you were talking about how you've been reacting to social media because I've grown up always having social media and always receiving these like very rude comments, sometimes death threats, sometimes just the most heinous things that you could read. I have a part of my brain that's just like, oh, ignore that. That don't mean nothing. Like yeah. I, I've, I have this level of apathy that I've created kind of to fortify myself. I've, I've put up these walls. And the sad part about it is I've, that's second nature. I've always had them. They, they rarely affect me. So, um, wow. yeah, it's, it's, it's difficult. But, but I, you know, I bear through it. I grin and bear it. There's a lot more nice comments than there are rude comments. So Yeah, I guess. If I could get myself in a space where I was totally unconcerned about what other people felt about me or thought about me, that I, that would be really, really uh, a great thing for me. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I, I have not gotten into that space. I still feel like I'm getting better slowly but surely, but I still feel like I'm a little overly concerned with what other people think about me. Well, also, I will yeah. say, I do think the internet is also unpredictable. So if you get like, if you see a comment or whatever about yourself that happens to be get under your skin or whatever it's like one you you couldn't have predicted what are you going to do not be on the internet and then and then secondly Mm -hmm. it's like you just have to i think you have to make a conscious decision like is this going to waste an hour of my day thinking about this damn comment or not like you just have to like make a choice ahead of time like whatever if i'm going to get good comments i almost certainly will get bad comments too and in a way it would be weird if i didn't given how strange and a place the internet is um exactly you know that said Mm -hmm. oh, oh go ahead yeah, I was just gonna say, and people just feel so free to say whatever they want to say because they're hiding behind the internet. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they don't yeah. know you. You don't know them. Why are you gonna even worry about right. it? Right. What's interesting is that um, we recently had, um, and I'm blinking. I'm blinking on what the exact topic was, um, but we had an episode where um, I got like a bunch of DMs from you know, sort of like some angry. Um, white people, you know, about like uh, race or something like that. And I, uh, some of them are trolly, um, but there was this one woman who was just sort of like, I listened to the show, I'm so upset. And I'm like, well, this is weird because like if you listen, if you've listened for three years, you know, like you shouldn't be shocked this week, you know, um, about where we're coming from. <laughs> so I really actually like responded to her Instagram DM. And after like 15 minutes, you know, we both came away like she still didn't like, like what I said, but like she came away like understanding it and being like, I'm sorry for jumping to like personally attacking you like this, you know? And like, I don't do that all the time because I'm not that damn nice. But, um, <laughs> but you know, sometimes ah. I have felt the need to just sort of like do that response, you know? Because I feel like if if you talk it out with someone um, eight times out of 10, you know, you'll get to some sort of understanding and just be exactly. able to move on. Exactly. And that was, that was the whole point of the Olivia Jade show, even though I felt like that, that necess- that the red table wasn't necessarily the space that she needed to be on. She was there. And so <laughs> we needed to come to some understanding mm-hmm. because, and it really wasn't personal. That's the other thing. It wasn't personal. Mm-hmm. You know, my feelings were based on what was going on in the world and the space that my head was in, mm-hmm. you know, because I just had a, a lot of feelings about so many things, so many things. And then on top of this, this little yeah. white girl want to come here. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It's so nice to watch you and Jada, though, not to say that you're opposing, but when you do have conflicting opinions, 
I get to see two different sides of the coin of my own thoughts and emotions yeah. like play out so I can I can figure out how I feel about the situation. And it's never conclusive. It's right. always I'm here, mm-hmm. I'm with Gammy, and I'm with Jada, and I'm with Gammy. And like it's 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 very, very fun to watch and exactly. very informative as well. Exactly. It is our holiday episode, so we do need a gift from you. I need you to drop the skincare <laughs> routine. What is it? <laughs> Every routine. Every routine you have. You listen, must be breathing different. You breathe listen, different air than me. Listen, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, you have got to, you have got to go on Instagram and look at Jada's post. She did a video post of her routine, and mm-hmm. I just looked at it the other day, and I was like, "This is insane. Nobody is going <laughs> to steam this many times in one day." It was amazing all the stuff wow. that she was doing, but I definitely felt like I have been remiss. When I looked at her routine and thought about my own, I was like, I've been remiss because I'm not steaming like that. <laughs> but, yeah. I, I saw a friend with a personal, uh, our fr- Phil Ficardi, he has a mm-hmm. show on this network as well, and he had like a personal steamer at home. And I was like, is this what we got to do in quarantine? What? Listen, wow. Jada does not have a personal steamer. She, <laughs> she fills a pot of water, mm. puts okay. it on the stove, waits for it to boil, and then she just sticks her head over it and puts a towel over it. That's steaming. <laughs> what? <laughs> I lied to you not. It works. Y'all steaming in the kitchen, sitting around the table, having well, conversations. Listen, I love this. Right. <laughs> Are we broccoli? Are we With the towel. <laughs> <laughs> Are we broccoli? Oh, my goodness. Uh, thank you. And plenty of water. Plenty yeah, of water. That yeah. seems right. Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah, and like what you what you put in your body is just as important as what you put on it. Mm-hmm. You know, so what you're eating, what you're drinking, exercise, all of that, mm-hmm. and Love never it. go to sleep with your makeup on, Aida. Mm-hmm. Right? Thank you. Yes. Ooh, if 18 year old Aida could hear what you're saying, right I know. Now, she would be like, "Now I know. Oh, I've learned." But oh goodness, yeah. I was wearing I was wearing makeup like a sleep mask. It was yeah. disgusting. <laughs> we all were at a certain point. Thank you so much. Thank it was you. such a Thank you for having me. It was really, really fun. Thank you so yes. much. Thank, Thank you. you. Happy holidays to all of you. Oh, you yeah. Too. You too. Thank you. You too. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So... No, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. And we're back. For our favorite segment of the episode, it is the final keep it of the year. Woo! Y'all, I'm sure we have some individual keep it's, but also we can just like rattle off a list of things that were awful in 2020 that we don't want to see next year. A group you know keep what I don't want to see? We've never done that. Oh, this is. You know what I don't want to see? Why is Jake Paul boxing? Right. Why? Why is he boxing? Period. Period. Why are you boxing? (laughs) Logan Paul, Jake Paul, and these like pseudo race wars that keep recreating in boxing rings. Stop. Floyd Mayweather, stop. Like, uh, I can't. I can't see it. Manny Pacquiao, please don't. Please don't like fight David Dobrik. Like, can we we not do this? Also, I think the deal is Jake Paul, I was going to say he wanted to add a hyphen to 
whatever his title is. And then I realized he has no skills whatsoever. So he would like a first thing on the first line of his Wikipedia. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you can't be a multi-hype. <laughs> Which one of them posed with the dead body in Japan? That was Logan, I believe, in The Suicide Forest. Mm. Let me not get yeah. that wrong. But really, it doesn't matter. They're the same person. I do have one Jake Paul story. <laughs> I would love to tell really quickly. So I was at a concert backstage and literally all I said was, oh my God, is that Jake Paul? And he turned around and glared at me as if I had said something bad. And do you know how awful of a person you have to be to take your own name as a slur? <laughs> 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 Just be irritated at the sound of your name. You know someone's talking shit about you. Sorry, Jake Paul. I'm so sorry for hurting your little feelings. Wow, me walking into a billabong. That's a lot of... Jake Paul's up in here. (laughs) (laughs) I do like the idea of Jake Paul as a name replacing what the word Chad has become in culture. Like, that's seven years too old now. Like, Mm -hmm. Jake Paul, I Mm -hmm. think, fills that niche. Yeah. Um, I would like to see, you know, other than negative, I would like to see more Mariah Carey written content. That is my wish for next year. So keep it to a world that doesn't have more Mariah Carey written content. To be honest, if we didn't get a limited series about her life at this point, I would be pretty surprised. Yeah. Keeping up with Mariah. <laughs> it's hard to even pick the worst celebrity of the year because I feel like everybody has been forced to be on their best behavior. That said, Evangeline Lilly being like, I'm going to dash into traffic to get COVID if I have to. You can't stop me. <laughs> that was pretty bad. <laughs> didn't love Tom Cruise's meltdown last week, but if Tom Cruise weren't screaming at people, I wouldn't know Tom Cruise. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I'm glad he's being himself. Here is my thing. We have all gone into this agreement to just accept that Tom Cruise is not a perfect man. Right. But he is the star of some of my favorite movies. I do love Tom Cruise. I'm sorry. And he does have to talk to the people the minority has to be reported to, Lewis. <laughs> if, Aida, if Aida can be cued on and listen to the Joe Rogan podcast, <laughs> then I can be a pseudoscientologist. Guys, I'm just diversifying my interests, okay? It's just a smart thing to do. <laughs> QAnon is just a great Wednesday activity for me, okay? And yes, there are many parts of Tom Cruise that are, you know, morally objectionable, even criminal. Um, Some would say. <laughs> given his involvement with the Church of Scientology. However, as Star Jones said, even a broken clock is correct twice a day. Be a sponge. Soak up that which is useful and wring out that which is not. Is she Proverbs? What? <laughs> <laughs> the Book of Jones, 3415. <laughs> Girl, get back to me after you're done cherry picking because I don't have time for all that nonsense. Actually, Ira, what I'm surprised about is that's a pretty conventional internet opinion. Like, can't help it. He's a huge star and we love him. You know, that sounds mm-hmm. very... Um, you know, uh, 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 who's basic online? All those people. <laughs> Are you coming at me for liking Tom Cruise? Okay. <laughs> Some of us have had a delightful brunch at the Scientology Center in Los Feliz. Oh, all right. Well, I will say, I believe you're allowed to defend one to two Scientologists. Like, I'm all booked up with Juliette Lewis. So, you know, and maybe Beck sometimes. So that's not my type of music. I shouldn't waste it on him. Mm. Hmm. I would take Tom Cruise and Elizabeth Moss. Right. I'm sorry, it's too weird for me that she's on The Handmaid's Tale. It's too weird. Like, she took it one step too far. You can't be on Scientology and then be in the show about, like, the Scientologists and the little hats. You can't be doing that. Chris D'Elia was in you. Chris D'Elia, right? Yeah. <laughs> 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 At one point. 
Um, I'm still. You mentioned Beck, and I'm still mad about him winning Album of the Year for Morning Phase over Beyonce. So that's something mm. I'm just gonna have to live with. We had an awful year for television hosts, just openly mistreating everybody that works for them, and probably the families and themselves and the people they love. Uh, but I will also say we did have the Patriot Act getting canceled this year because of some let's call them complaints from his staff. And we also had an Ellen situation. So let's try and minimize that for next year. Let's just try and be kind to the people that... Also, is that true? <laughs> I didn't realize that that's why it can- yes. was canceled. Oh. Well, it got canceled, but then also people who have worked for him have, have come out and talked about the, the not-so-savory work conditions that they experienced working under him. But that's, oh. that's true diversity, right? When an Indian man can be just like Ellen. Damn. <laughs> I didn't know he was a Jake Paul. See? Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, wow. Welcome. Welcome to the lexicon. Coining phraseology. Right here. Uh, speaking of other hosts, Terry Crews. What does he host? Ma- ma- other than diseases. Well, does, <laughs> America's <laughs> Got Talent still, oh, yeah. right? Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, he actually may have been the worst celebrity of the year. He was the worst celebrity of the year. Mostly because he was a man who came up with his own story during the height of the Me Too movement, you know? And uh, we had a lot of outpouring of support for him. Uh, and it seemed like he was someone who, you know, was going to be very helpful to the cause, you know? And then he quickly turned around and turned on Gabrielle Union. Yes. And then he also started tweeting about black supremacy and about how, like, um, somehow we have more power than white people. And um, he really jumped out the fucking window in 2020. He really did. He put on his little beauty supply turban with Nick Cannon and just started rattling <laughs> off all the hotel facts he could think of. And then do you remember that one point when he was like, I have no, I have no real onus or real. Well, he didn't say onus. <laughs> he was like, I have no real, I have no real duty to take care of my daughters. That's for their husbands to do. My job is to only take care of my wife. And I mean, just between him revealing he's pretty conservative and pretty stupid, Terry Crews was the worst celebrity of 2020. Yeah, wow, that's really Pence level. Uh, frightening. Ugh. Well, I think that's a wrap on Keep It for 2020. Damn. Isn't it? We had a great year, y'all. I agree. We did. I do enjoy just grouping together bad celebrities and wagging a finger at them as we just did. Like just rattling 20 in a row. That's exciting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, you know, it's all said with love. <laughs> Speak for yourself, bitch. <laughs> also, Zendaya, do more things. Oh, do yeah. Things. I want to see your face more. Yeah, I want to see Zendaya's face more. I want to see new music from my girl's little mix in a post-Jesse world. Post-Jesse world. Jesse list. And I hope that Jesse, you know, gets all the help that she needs with uh, mental health and yeah. et cetera. You know, because I love her. And also, they gave us nine years together. There is truly a handful of Little Mix albums to listen to and like a plethora of content with Jesse included in it. So you'll be fine yeah. without her in the group. The Beatles lasted eight, so enjoy it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you truly forget how many like groups weren't even together that fucking long. Oh, yeah, no. So. Like the Rolling Stones is definitely the exception or Aerosmith, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's it. 2021 will be great for Keep It. I guarantee. I like the sound of that. That's all. It'll be fun. All right. We'll see you next year. Oh, and watch Boss Baby 2. Shut up, Aida. (laughs) (laughs) Can somebody help this woman? Keep It is a Crooked Media production. The show is produced by Caroline Reston and Brian Semmel is our associate producer. 
Our executive producer is Ira Madison III. I think I've heard of him. Our editor is Bill Lance, and Kyle Seglin is our sound engineer. Thank you to our digital team, Matt DeGroot, Narmel Konian, and Milo Kim for production support every week. Stay safe. Be blessed. God loves you. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.